The final season of Power Book 2, Ghost, begins. And for Tariq St. Patrick, it's the moment of truth. In the wake of being betrayed, pushed out of the drug game, and almost killed, Tariq is out for revenge. Will he prove to be like his father and do whatever is to be done to protect his family and his future? Or is he his own man? Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now only on Stars and the Stars app. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears. Real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something, to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help. With funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. y'all i'm your girl tamika d mallory and it's your boy my son the general and we are your host of street politicians the, the place, place where, where the, the streets, streets and politics meet there's a lot happening as always every always. week we get together we're plenty to talk about this week we're talking about atlanta for everybody for everybody the entire country everybody the entire country everybody is depending on georgia listen right man now. it's serious man like everybody's been talking about the presidential race and People have convinced people to go out and vote, you know, and now it's so crucial. Right. It's so crucial. This Senate race is really crucial. It's, a, it's actually a runoff. Yeah. You know, because there was already an election and then the votes were really close. So this is going to decide who controls the Senate. Right. Which basically controls the entire game. And I, I have this constant battle back and forth with our followers or whatever we call them. Yeah. They debate us all the time. That's why I love my followers. And, my, I tell people, you can't you can't come into my comments if you ain't strong-willed. And strong oh, your minded. comments are beast. Because they tear you up. They fight. They fight. But, you know, I see people in the comments all the time who are like, oh, well, you know, now now you got Biden. So now, now what's going to happen? See, I told you he wasn't going to do this right. And I told you it was going to be this problem and that problem. And I'm like, we always said we knew that. Like, I don't understand what part I think miss. for me is it's like, like I get it because you know we we when we look at history you know we need to be leery we need to you know question everything but I, the man ain't even in office yet yeah you know what but I'm he's saying? making decisions he's right making now decisions, but bottom line because is this. what I want to say I don't want I didn't want to cut no, you off okay. but the decisions he's making right even if you don't love all of them you gotta say that if as it pertains to black people. It's already better decisions being made for black people than have been in the previous administration. So, you know, I mean, absolutely. There's definitely a, a difference in the tone, the posture, and an understanding of um, a commitment like that the president-elect, Joe Biden, knows that he has to be committed to appointing people of color Obviously, the the appointments of women have been incredible. There are many, but still, we have to be um, heavy-handed when it comes to what we want early on in the process. And your your whole thing about well, 
you know, he hasn't really gotten in office yet. But the thing that folks have to understand is that the decisions that are made right now set the tone for what the next four years will look like. No, and I respect that and I understand that wholeheartedly. And that's why when I said that I was looking for a better opponent, I actually meant it. So what happens is what most people are looking for is actually still an ally because the, the things that we are asking Biden to do is what an ally would do. Mm. And you're expecting him to do this. Or what a president would do. No, no, not a president. To do what's right. No, because we're not asking no, no, him no, no. to you're just be our him, friend. Yes, you are. You're asking him to put the people that you believe should be in office on most of the levels. In the reality of the situation, I never expected him to do that. I had no expectation that Joe Biden would put in at least seven or six out of the 10 people that I thought he would put in. I thought maybe two or three, and I would fight the rest of my the administration. Yeah, but the fight is not about who get. I mean, that's one piece of it, who is appointed to different positions. That's mm -hmm. only one part. And yes, we have to fight for that. But the real issue is the policies that they put in place. And so, for instance, like in education, the Secretary of Education, I'm hoping that that is someone who maybe graduated from an HBCU or someone who uh, understands the challenges that our children specifically face. And I'm hoping that they will also incorporate some type of task force that helps that secretary to be able to understand our issues and helps them. Somebody like Cora Masters Berry should absolutely, since she works with young people so much, these are women who I believe need to be a part of. And of course, of course, black men need to be a part of the leadership from the education uh, department because there has to be a change in the way that public education currently works for our kids. I don't understand how the policy can be decided. I'm going to tell you if how. You, if we haven't even got who the people are. Mm. If you've got an administration that puts people in office, right, and we're pushing the administration, the people that they push, they put in office going to push them. So the reality of the situation is, like when I said we have Well, it depends because we we have to be clear about what we're saying. It's not putting people in office. It's appointing people to positions, positions. within the cabinet and within the administration, mm -hmm. which is different from putting people in office. Dealing with the situation in Georgia, the Senate race, mm -hmm. is putting people in office. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about a different thing, well, right? I mean, and what ultimately I, just giving a person a job. Right, but okay, so to your point about how policy can be actually uh, shaping right now within these first 100 days, generally what happens is that an administration goes in saying, these are our priorities, these are the things we're going to get done, these mm -hmm. are the policies that we think we can push within the first 100 days, we're going to do these things. The people that they appoint are generally people who understand the priorities and will help to get it done. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't work in the opposite direction where those individuals come in and then figure it out. And that's why you heard James Clyburn, the congressman from South Carolina, who was really responsible for helping to bring Joe Biden back from what was not about to be where we are now. He was basically out in terms of the Democratic primary process. Um, and, and, and James Clyburn said, I think he was on Breakfast Club, where he was saying he wants to see in the first few days, not even 100 days. No, he said days, first 100 hours. Right, first 100 hours. Exactly. exactly. Because he understands that those things are being shaped now. That's why groups are meeting 
with the administration. They're getting ahead of the, the day after inauguration so they can make sure that their issues are at the table on the menu, if you will. To be clear, there are things already on the books, right? So like mm -hmm. George Floyd, um, the legislation around him that has no-knock warrants, that can be passed if you have a Senate and a Congress that are on the same page. So it's, it's, so it's not the first 100 hours, of course, but in the first 100 days, things can actually move. Yeah. So we have to make sure that it's not just about appointments because appointments are cool, but it's also about influencing the actual agenda that is on the table and making sure that they know that there are certain things that we are not going to in any way capitulate around to the point that we have been talking about when do you use your leverage? Do you use it before an election this close when you have two Republicans who are nuts okay kelly what's her name loffler she's this is a crazy person who should not at Definitely. all be in the senate if we get all of the people that we think should and the black men and no more deputy positions and we are in, in control then that would be something far beyond what i ever thought would happen i just think that the people who thought that would happen may be disappointed. I'm saying I'm not disappointed because I never had any expectations of that at all. So when I was saying that I was really just fighting for a better adversary, I really was fighting for a better adversary. I don't, if they do these things, what they become is allies. I don't think they're allies. I don't think they're going to do most yeah, of the things I, that we're I definitely, about. you know, and to go back to that point, I definitely do not feel that we're looking for allies because but if if they do because these things that I we're talking and, about, I don't at those think, point they become allies because they've done the things that no, we, I don't think that it's being allies. So what do you think? I it think is? it's being smart politically, and I think that it's also being committed to the base that put you in office. That will make you an ally. No, it doesn't. If you committed to a make base you that an ally, put, so what does it make? I you? think it just makes you. It's like saying that a corporation uh, that they're they're our friend just because. They're catering and to the black community. The, no, a it's a good business. It's a good business deal for you to do business with our communities because we spend the most money, yeah, and so it's a good political move for you to support to the, be community. An ally no, to the community. No, I don't know about that. I if think you support you're doing me, your then job. you're an ally. No, doesn't. The thing is, this you think the job is something different than I think the job is. Obviously, I think their job is to uphold the system. I think anybody who gives a little pushback and gives us a little leeway into the system is somebody that's just a better adversary. They're no allies. Yeah, so and based that's on what, what you what you're saying is putting black people in positions of real power. I never expected them to do that. And I'm saying that, well, I don't know about that because Kamala Harris is in a position of real no, I'm power. All right, but that's what I'm saying. And that alone was something I voted on. I said, Kamala is going to do things. And I said, underneath that, there are going to be a few people that we know from our communities, from our, you know, mm -hmm. in special arenas that we've dealt with, that we can have conversations with, that we might be able to push a little further. But I never thought that this administration would do all the things that people are saying, well, you need to do this and you need to do that. And I get it because they do need to do it. I just never thought they would. Yeah, I still don't think it makes them allies, but I think it just it, it means that they're doing their jobs. I'm not looking to pat anybody on the back and say you're, you know, you're my good friend or you're my good ally just because you did because your you job, on, yeah, job and also because you did. The job that you think they should do 
Right? But that's what I'm saying is anything outside of that is that you're not doing your job properly and you're 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 playing but, political suicide. That's my opinion. I don't, I don't think that. it makes how, you an ally. What I'm trying to say is this. If we voted, right, and people said none of them was good, right? And we say none of them was good, right? It's because we already assumed that they wouldn't do the things that I'm, they wanted to do. But that's not what I'm talking do. about. I think what what's happening is that we're focusing in this conversation on uh, the Biden administration. And I'm not actually talking about that anymore when I when I am now trying to figure out what's an ally versus a person who's just doing their job. So I'm not even thinking, the, the administration, cool, I get what you're saying, but I don't believe that someone who chooses to put in position the people who help to put them in position mm -hmm. makes them just an ally. I think it means that you're doing your job, that you're doing what's right. Okay, so Allyship to me, and, and even allyship is whatever, goes much further than just doing the right thing to so me. what does it mean? So, okay. I think, dude, so why do you say it's the right thing? So my thing is this. I right? think, okay, let's talk about allyship for one moment okay. in that context. Let's talk about it. I think saying that a person, um, you know, does, uh, let's just say a person, a white woman says, well, I will never call the cops on black people just because, unless they're, somebody's actually got me in harm. But I would never call the cops on a black person and, and just because you walk down my street and I feel nervous. I'll mm -hmm. never do that. That, for me, is just doing the right thing. Okay. It doesn't make you an ally. What makes you an ally is if you see someone else doing it and then you get involved and say, my, to my, if I'm a white woman, to my white sister, this is not okay with me. I don't believe that you should be doing this. That's stepping into something that you don't have to deal with because that person may have done nothing for you. They may never have... It's a total different thing. In this situation, black people put you in position mm -hmm. and therefore you uh, appointing black people to positions of power is just the right thing to do. It so, makes sense from a numbers perspective. Okay, so what I'm trying to explain to you. If you put the same scenario you gave, you said somebody calls the cops or on, and says, I won't do it, right? If he puts anybody in office right now, Mm -hmm. That just won't will do good things for black people, right? Mm -hmm. Just they're not black. If he just put liberal people who believe that racism is is against the rules, that it's not the right thing. If he puts a whole cabinet full of people that don't look like you but have your same agenda, it's just doing the right thing. Yes. Okay. So what I'm trying to tell you is, when he goes a step further and just says, you know what, I'm going to put black people in these offices that probably are going to go above and beyond just not hurting black people. They're going to help black people. Mm. That makes you an ally. I guess. We'll we'll just move on from it. Yeah, but, know. you know. How about that? I don't know. But <laughs> speaking of allies versus not allies and calling the cops versus not calling the cops, it brings me to my thought of the day. You see? Thought of the day. Thought That's my day. thing. <laughs> you know, I see there is a slew of indictments happening out here. There are mm. a lot of artists, rappers, mainly rappers. People, mainly. not just, I mean, yes, mainly rappers. mainly rappers, but I'm also seeing like a lot of indictments, the hood, a lot of people getting arrested. You got, let me think. You got Casanova just got a federal Casanova. indictment. Casanova. You got um G Herbo just got indicted. 
that okay, I think. And I you got a boogie just got caught with a gun. And not only are there a number of people being indicted, but there's a number of rappers being killed, right? I've been seeing a a large number or increased number of individuals on my social media who are being killed. And so my thought of the day, the question I have is, are artists and entertainers being targeted or are they just doing things they shouldn't be doing that's either getting them indicted and or killed? I think it's a combination of both. I think when you look at where we are, when you look at this pandemic, I was having this conversation. One of my friends called me last night and he's like, yo, somebody wants you to do this for some money or whatever. So he's having a conversation. He was like, yo, it's really hard out here. Mm-hmm. He's like, yo, I haven't had like a real job. Like he he does management for different artists and do connect. He said, I haven't had a job since 1997. I'm, I have to figure out, I need a job. Mm. He said, the things that people are out here doing for money is is different now. He said, you, I tell my friends, don't walk around with big chains because they shooting your head off. Yeah. He said, every time I turn on News 12 or this and that, somebody's getting killed, somebody's getting robbed. When you look at the severity of times and you, and you see A Boogie got a gun in his house, somebody might try to kill A Boogie. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and he might not understand the legal ramifications or figure out how to do it legally or might not be able to get a gun legally. You know, when you look at they say G Herbo was swiping and do a leak. He might not be making no money. He's trying to figure out how to survive. You have a lifestyle that's probably he's amassed before the pandemic that he still has to live up to. He still has bills and children and things of that to take he care innocent. of. innocent. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> he's he probably, he probably innocent. <laughs> Casanova. You know Casanova. We know Casanova's you know, innocent. Exactly. <laughs> Cas been innocent. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, so when I look at the, and these is good people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and Cas' whole thing was, yo, I'm trying to stay home. I'm not letting nobody get me in trouble. I watched him duck beefs when all these people were trying to start. He, well, he, you know, I was upset with him about the whole, in the beginning of the pandemic, he had the whole with no mask thing on. where it was like no mask and they were having a video shoot. And I appreciate how after, because you know, I sent it to Charlemagne and you and Erica called him mm. and I was like, somebody needs to tell brother that this is not cool because he had a lot of young people out there. And the way in which he turned it around and was like, hey, I thought about it. This is not what I'm trying to do. People need to be safe. They need to wear their mask. You know, it was, it was, and it was almost immediate. It's, some, it's not like he went, I thought he was going to go online and be like, who, you know, who's this so-and-so talking such and such to me? But he didn't, you know, he he actually cleaned it up and got it together. So, you know, I don't know whether people are doing wrong or not. I can't make assumptions. I'm saying everybody is innocent just because What I'm going to say is that if you're innocent or not, man, you got to keep yourself out of harm's way. Man. Yeah. You got to do as little as possible, man. You got to surround yourself by people who want to see you do good. Yeah. Because at times, you know, a lot of people around you are not where you are. And mm-hmm. you got to just accept that. You can love somebody, but sometimes you got to love them from afar. Yeah. You know, and you got to look at the situation and say, I cannot jeopardize my life, my freedom, my career, everything I've worked for, you know, for situations that don't make sense. And if you are innocent, then you got to fight the best you, you can. Fight. Well, but- and look at Grandmaster Jay. I mean, this is a yet another situation yeah. where police in, in Kentucky are saying that he he pointed a gun at them or something like that. And, you know, while I saw that on uh, our co-founder, Angelo Pinto, attorney Angelo Pinto's page, he said, we didn't see eye to eye with Grandmaster Jay, but what they're doing to him right now in terms of um, trying to indict him around the guns that other people like I just be trying to understand why white people could do stuff that black people can't do. Well it's it's a lot, you know, 
We, because, we, he, well, just to finish the point. Mm -hmm. So they say that he pointed a gun at officers or in the area where officers were. So they, I guess they felt like their lives were in danger. And I know in Kentucky, you can have a weapon, but you can't brandish it and actually point it at people. So they claim that he did that. Now, I, I have a, I'm struggling with that because even though, again, we didn't necessarily see eye to eye about working together, but I feel like Grandmaster Jay and his team did a lot of work to try to keep people safe. Like they were really careful with making sure they coordinated with law enforcement, making sure that they talked to people about keeping their guns down and all of that, and especially after the incident happened where, you know, a gun went off during a time when they were in, uh, in Louisville, Kentucky. Mm -hmm. So I find it really hard to believe that he was just out there swinging his gun around in front right. of police officers. I, I, you know, I don't understand what I don't understand how it happened. It seemed as if he understood he would be a target. You know? Right. When you heard him have conversations, he said, Yo, what I'm doing right here is very dangerous. Yeah. My life could be in jeopardy all the time. I know I'm a target. People who are doing what I do usually die. I would think that he would be more cautious. I d I don't know exactly what happened, but I hear not. what they're saying. You know, but we know through history shows you that when you lead movements like that especially when there's a potential of said violence that, the, you know, when you, when you take up arms mm -hmm. against this system, mm -hmm. you know, they're going to find ways to get rid of you. So, you know, um, you all, all the best to the man, man. We, you know, there, I hear there's a GoFundMe. Yeah, like people are trying to get him out of prison. Well, you know? they, they, well, he's not in prison. He's in jail. I mean, jail. jail. I'm sorry. He's and not in the GoFundMe is for his legal fees. And so Correct. definitely until definitely, freedom man. will be supporting. Definitely, man. Uh, to make sure that, you know, we stand because with Because what, what it is that the NFAC represents mm -hmm. is something that's needed. Oh, we absolutely. Need, we need black people who are legally coordinated, armed, coordinated, exactly. and understand that they're a militia to protect. Right. You know those who can't protect themselves. So, right, you know, and and when they they come for you in the morning and they come, come for me, me at, night. at night. So we definitely will be supporting uh, Grandmaster Jay's GoFundMe uh, and making sure, hopefully, that he has the right legal representation. He, he, he's you know, going to need it because these people play, especially they out play there in Kentucky. And Kentucky, they play dirty, but it's a federal case, so. It's you know it's different. Listen, but, but the in, laws Kentucky, in Kentucky, I don't know who's who. I can't tell the feds from Ooh. the state. You can't tell a city from the. It just it's all messed up. Kentucky is really really a place where I mean the entire country just needs an overhaul. Completely, man. So just needs an overhaul. So much much um love to to all, to all those all who, those who are out there on the front. Be careful, man. Yeah. You're being targeted. You know. Being a part of Until Freedom, being leadership of Until Freedom, we understand that every day, man. And you have to outthink this system because they're constantly trying to figure out ways and loopholes to keep you entrapped. So Absolutely. be cautious. Man. And, you know, that brings us circling right back to this election and how the entire country is depending on, it's like democracy is depending on two Senate seats. Yeah. Um, I don't agree with everything that John Ossoff and or Raphael Warnock, which by the way, Raphael Warnock is a good friend. And I still don't agree with everything they say and, and some of their 
um, their ideology. Anybody? No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. That's impossible. So this this idea that we have to be equally aligned on every single point in order for us to work together is it's not possible. And again, if you're running for, this is why people ask me all the time, will you run for office? Well, you know, I'm not running for office because I do a, a much better job, I believe, with uh, in my position and for our people being an outsider who's able to agitate those who are inside. But I believe that there are people who need to go inside. Mm -hmm. And I listen, we argue with our friends, uh, Jamani Williams, who's the public advocate in New York City, Assemblyman Michael Blake, uh, State Senator Brian Benjamin. I mean, you we could go on, on and, and on. on. Uh, City Councilwoman, who's now hopefully going to be the borough president in, New York, um, in the Bronx in New York, uh, Vanessa Gibson. We argue with them all the time about the, the their positions. We want them to be more radical. We want them to lean harder. We want all of that. And sometimes they make sense about why it's not possible. But at but then sometimes we walk away and say, you just, you just, just, just you being trash today. Like yeah. you just not and doing the job. It, and we know. push them and that's okay. And that's why I don't, I'm not running for office anytime soon, probably never, because I want to be able to push from the outside to make change happen. And I want I don't want to use the nice words. I'm not, I'm saying defund the police. Every time. So that's what, that's what we are. That's what the streets are talking about. The streets are talking, why do we have to have this runoff? Why is the Senate seat important? Why do we need to be involved, engaged after we went through all this process to put this president we got to vote like, again why 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 <laughs> you know and and, I, and what i keep telling them is you know when we look at obama's administration you know and we were happy that we had our first black president and we had all these expectations a lot of people who didn't understand the process of the presidency and of the senate and of congress and all those things looked at it as Obama didn't do the things right. they wanted him to do. Right, right. And I explained right. to them the reason why a lot of those things that you and I both wanted to be done weren't done is because Obama did not have a democratic Senate. You know, and a lot of the laws and policies he wanted to pass, right. Mitch McConnell had vowed that he would not pass anything because the Republicans weren't in control of the Senate. So we were are in control were. of the Senate. Right. That's what I said. They were in control of the Senate. So we are in threat of having the same exact thing happen now. Again. Again. Right. And if we do not win these two Senate seats, we're going to have hell trying to get policies and laws passed throughout the Senate. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And that's why the entire country. Entire country, everybody, everything is on the land. Um, is at the the mercy. At, of people in Georgia, Georgia voters, young people. I think they said something around 20% of the electorate that helped to get Joe Biden elected in Georgia, which is flipping the state from red to blue, mm -hmm. which is a big thing. That's a big that thing. That 20% of the electorate were young people and young, a diverse group of people, not just black, but just young people in general. And so those same young people have to go back to the polls. While we were out canvassing a few uh, weeks ago, 
I saw that somebody had a sign. I, I forget which organization it is. It might be like the Georgia Bell Project or something like that. They had a sign on their door knockers because, you know, when we walk up, some people, door they already knockers. have some signs up there. Um, and it said, vote again. Again. Period. Yeah, That's big just again. it. Again. Giant again. And people are like, what you talking about? We got to vote again. We just voted. Yes. Uh, by January 5th, not on January 5th, yes. because early voting is happening right now. No, but by yes, January 5th, mm -hmm. you have to vote in the Senate runoff elections, period, point blank. No, it's no, not optional. There's no options. There's no choices. Absolutely. You have to vote. If you are in the state of Georgia, your vote is required. Yes, it is necessary. It is mandatory. Yes, right. And that's what the streets are talking about. That's what about. the streets are talking about. So, yeah, man, please, I don't care if you're from Georgia, but I need you to call your Georgia cousins, mm -hmm. call your aunties, right. call your friends, and tell them that they have to get out and vote. Because this, when they say vote like your life depends on it, this is what they're talking about. This because is what it really does about. depend on it. So, it, cause it, it, and it makes our job easier. Because we know, again, we're going to have to fight Joe Biden. We already know that. We already know we're going to have to press That's Kamala right. to make her press the president. We already know that. And in order to accomplish any of these things, mm -hmm. to your point, you need a government that is in in your favor, That's right. if you will. And right now, if Kelly Loeffler, that crazy woman, Lord, that Lord. robot, that woman. if she gets to make decisions... Now, I'm not scared of many things. But that lady, <laughs> looked, no, for real, she looked like she really could be like in a horror film, like she just like carry or something. I'm looking at her and and it's just one stiff look into the camera. There's well, no Well, you know motion. they say that a part of her There's not no moving around had to do with a little cord that they say um she may have been wired. And, you know, they'll probably never really look into it because you know you can't wow, catch it it's, later. It's just so, but it's so scary. it looked that way in um, you know, some like I don't know. I don't even know if it was like real news, but, but I think it was, it was just real news. Re it's just really scary. Just looking at this woman. She just looking into the camera and she just Speaking of looks, I'm on the cover of oh! Violet magazine. <laughs> right, listen. Oh was, please. Oh please. No, no, no. You make it like it was such no, no, a big no. deal. No, no, no I was, I was it looking really right wasn't. from here I couldn't like really see. And I was like, because I'm you know, I'm doing the show. <laughs> I'm in show more and I'm like, this looks kinda like Tamika and it's kinda up there. And I couldn't really see. So, you know, we got to show the audience. Yep. You know I'm what I'm on talking the cover about? Of Violet. She on the cover of Violet. I hate, you know, how you know? I look every time on everything. She's but... on the cover of Violet doing her thing. Yep. So, talk about this. Talk about it. I'm on the cover of Violet. What is like, I don't know about it. Well, it's a like fashion me, magazine. Okay. And in this particular um, issue, I'm on the cover and it's talking about our issues, talking about my activism and our movement. And um, a lot of brands wanted me to wear their things. So inside, I think I have Chanel and um, Chanel, Mew Mew and wait, a bunch of different people. Let me go okay. All right. We can do that look. later because no. you know how I feel about. Um, no, 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 no. You know how I feel about. We're going to look at a couple of these pictures. We're going to put you on the spot. No, okay. Okay. Good trouble. Look at that. Good trouble. Mm -hmm. Good. So Good, me. Thanks. Okay. Okay. Okay, thank you. Right. So, but anyway, you know, this is pretty cool. Our producer, our director, excuse me, Kat Trigg, had a copy when I came in the door. So, Dope. Uh, and uh, Mia, our so stylist, um, had the copy for me, and it's kind of cool. It's dope. So, you know. 
Congratulations. Man. We well, appreciate thank you. It. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So if you're just listening, you can just go to iWomen.tv and you can see this wonderful magazine mm-hmm. that Miss Mallory has graced the cover of. Yeah. With my braids. With the braids. I'm, you know what? I, the See, other day. The, oh, God. The braids. the braids. Between you and, and braids, Angelo man. and all the brothers around me. It's the Mark braids Thompson, for me. All of y'all love the braids. It's the braids and, you know, And I was saying the other day that the bun on top of my head, the little bun that I wear. Yeah, the bun that went famous, it, this that was, went viral. This was, this was the biggest year for the bun it was in my life. Braided up, cornrows going up into a bun. Listen, I might that, have to go that back. That melanin magic, man. You know, go with the melanin. I might have to go back. Gotta go Cause back. Because this man. hair every day, we need to do a show on a, on black women and our hair. Everyone does shows on that, but we definitely have to talk about it because I I am depressed when I have to do my hair. It's really depressing. It's, it's sad. Not, it's not anything. It's bad. not a thing that you care about. I mean, know about it. not so much care because I, if I knew about it, maybe I care. But I just, no, <laughs> yeah, you don't understand the process. A man get a little shape up, outline, he good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's like, it, how man. come God just made things a lot more simple for y'all? I just think that we we care less because some most people, most men don't. There's some guys that actually care about their hair and. They do no. all types of things to it. It's just they like, don't have look, look, we're seeing people like nope, nope, no, nope, no. It's nope. dudes, it's dudes out here that get their little bees waxed and they go get twists and all. I'm just never gonna do that. Yeah, Dreads but it's still not that. the they same thing. They can still get up and keep it pushing. Y'all can keep it pushing. For us, it is a full production. And people say, Well, why are you wearing a weave, right? Like, how come you got all that? Why don't you wear your own hair? They have those people who say that for the most part. Now, of course, there are women who are natural, who try to encourage other women to be natural, but they also understand very clearly why we aren't natural. Men who often say, well, you should need to wear your own hair, sis, you know, get into yourself. Those are brothers who have never had to deal with what it's like to try to work out, right, with your own hair, to get up in the morning, and you're getting ready to go somewhere. You take off your scarf, and your whole head is freaking twisted, okay? And you need to be on TV in an hour. They have no idea. I guess. So, anyway, and our next guest knows all about my hair troubles because she also deals with the same things as my girlfriend, a strong Bold black woman, black woman from Atlanta, who Melanin is the Queen. director of the Mayor's Office of Film and Entertainment. Um, you know, she works with Keisha Lance Bottoms. I, I have to say that I saw. You know, I know that um, Mayor Bottoms is a very passionate black woman in her own right and very strong. But I also have seen the work that Falana does to help her understand what's happening in the community. We so need it those. is we need those really grassroots. Super, that's right. That's right. It is super important today that our segment on the work, not not just the work that's happening in Atlanta, but Falana understands what's happening across the country and also how important this particular election is. Right. Let's talk to Falana Williams. Before we go to the next segment and have our special guest join, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors. The final season of Power Book 2 Ghost is here and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, 
who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family's safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR. 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises, or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. That's how we own it. Lana. Hi, guys. Hi to Mika. Hi, my son. Thank you guys for having me. And I would be remiss not to say what an amazing job both of you are doing. Like we, it takes a village. It truly does. And, you know, I'm doing the hard work in, in Atlanta and in Georgia, but you guys are going around the country and doing some real, real work and everything. We are so appreciative, the country, our people, so appreciative for all that you both do. Well, we truly appreciate you, man. I, I have a special place in my heart just watching the transition that you made from just the entertainment, you know, understanding what the entertainment is and being an entertainer and being in this industry for years and just seeing how you transition and you utilize the power, you know, and the influence that you had in the music industry. Still have. And still have. Not not, not taking yeah. that away because you're still, still powerful. You still, you still want the people, but how you utilize that and transform that power and brought it into these political spaces to move the needle and engage this culture. You know, it's amazing. Yeah. Falana, tell Thank us you. about that. Getting these artists and entertainers to actually participate in the political process and why make the shift anyway? Well, I mean, I'll be honest, guys. Um, motherhood uh, was one of the reasons. I woke up one day living in New York hustle and bustle of New York. You guys know that hustle and two, uh, two kids and the world was changing. Um, and I wanted to make a change. I, I've always loved Atlanta. I love New York for the hustle, but as a mom, I knew that Atlanta was a better place for my kids. And upon moving back shortly after that, I was still in the music business. Um, Donald Trump became the president oh, and man. I knew that I had to do whatever I could 
to help change that trajectory. Um, because I knew that if we did not shift in 2020, he would be our president again. And a lot has happened over the last four years. I just couldn't imagine our country with eight years of Donald Trump. So I'll be honest, that's one of the main reasons I made that shift and, you know, a chance encounter with the now mayor, Keisha Lance Bottoms. Um, I've actually worked on her campaign um, and she won. It was a very hard fought campaign with 14 candidates and um, quickly transitioned into her administration at City Hall um, and then um, onto the Biden-Harris race and now, you know, working hard in Georgia to get Warnock and Ossoff elected as our, our two Georgia senators that represent us um, at the White House. Well, I, I, I want to say to see someone like you with such an extensive resume who has so many connections with major artists who've been in, you know, so many rooms to make that transition to say, I'm going to utilize these connections I have. I'm going to utilize the skills that I have to show the connection, to make that, you know, that um bridge mm -hmm. between the community, between politics and these artists and show them how they can have these voices. Like when you said, LeBron, they need to be heard. You know, we need to have T.I.'s voices. And you, you are that conduit that connects both of those that people, you know, so. that shows how it can be used. You know, we are very grateful for the work that you do, you know, the career you've had and how you continue to move the needle and push the culture forward. You are one of the culture shifters right. in this in what this movement me needs right now. So yeah. we want to say we appreciate it. And, and speaking of all of these artists, Thank you. I can think of a time, you know, I know you, Falana, for a while. So I know when you were like running around, working with artists, um, you know, and really deeply just in the entertainment world. And Miguel was one of the artists that you worked with that I know of the most. And I know you also work with Mariah Carey. And I remember watching you navigate Miguel's career and helping him to speak to important issues, but yet still allowing him to be who he is. And I think a lot of times that's what artists worry about, right. that once you try to bring them into politics or social causes, that then they will either be judged, which they always will be, or that people won't accept them and that they'll have to change who they are and actually in order to be able to fit into those spaces. And I've never seen you being that type of leader, if you will. Yeah. And you know, it's, and thank you for that. Both of you. Um, it's, I think it's a, it's a, I think everybody has a gift. Like I can't sing like Miguel or Mariah Carey or dance like a Sierra, but I think that I have an innate gift to understand um, the insides of a creative or a creator. And you know, they're very complicated, unique people. Um, and to make them comfortable in their own skin and just to realize the power that they have. I think oftentimes they don't realize that power and that's a God-given gift. But just to know that music is only a portion of who they are. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, just knowing how much they may influence and their words may influence that person who, you know, we can talk about a lot of things that might be on the brink of depression or suicide. Or now when we talk about politics, just how much their vote really matters. And I think one of the things I often say is in what what entertainers have to realize now is that there, there can't be a middle ground. I think our country is getting to a place that if we don't use what we have to, to really get our communities and, our, and people to vote and to participate in, in politics, do their part, then we're, we're doomed. Like 
the Republicans will keep coming and keep coming. Mm -hmm. And I think they're stronger in another way. They don't have what we have. They don't have the culture. Like we have the culture. And if we artists have to realize that there's no waiting and you, and it's not even about picking a party more so than standing up for issues and standing up for right. what we, what this country has to become. Because if we don't, if, if the country doesn't quickly pivot, we're going to be in trouble. So, you know, artists and entertainers have to start being on the front line. And, you know, I do feel like it's, you know, I was built and my entire career path led up to this moment of me being able to take that influence. You know, even in my own right, I, I had to really step up and say that, you know, I gained the respect of a lot of entertainers and I had to take my part and do my part and be responsible for helping to lead them into the political realm. So listening to you, you know, I get a feeling of where I felt, what I felt, you know, in this industry, being an artist and starting out in music and then transitioning into this realm, you know, I felt like fulfilled. I felt like I had a calling. I really identify with that. And I just want to say that we really appreciate you, man. Yeah, you know, Alana, we, we really do. appreciate everything that you do you. And, and the energy that you bring. Energy is so important. You know, a lot of people don't understand that. When you walk into a room and you bring a certain amount of energy, it's contagious. It makes people want to be involved. So when you go to these artists and you talk about politics and you talk about how it's important and you give them, you know, this energy that makes them feel like, I can do this. Because that's when you're talking to us, I feel like, yo, I'm inspired. I get motivated just hearing you right. because you believe in what you do so much. I, I look forward to us winning this race, um, but I don't think that everything that we're doing in this moment is about winning just one race. I think it's about rebuilding or building a platform and a time when we stand together, when we work together, and where we start to see one another as being responsible for the community. Um, and I think that that's what's happening now is that people are starting to come back home, if you will, and say, you know what, we've got to take care of this house and take care of our family. So you keep leading. And in Georgia, we intend to win. Are you having a party? Because in Georgia, y'all don't have COVID. Ain't no so there's COVID parties, out there. There's parties. There's people getting together. Everything. I I can't believe Georgia. Georgia's out there. Well, <laughs> I'll have a virtual party, guys. Okay. Um, yeah, because she's responsible. You're going to be responsible. <laughs> oh, the, the mayor's definitely trying to uh, keep us COVID free yes. and COVID safe. So Yeah, but it's so know, important to have trying. a governor and a mayor who are working together and you can tell that there is a clear distance between or division between a woman who is trying to keep people safe and a governor who is following the Trump playbook and, you know, and, and it's just not focused on the safety and security of all of these folks who are gathering. I'll say this is the last, as the closeout. Um, Keisha Lance bottoms, mayor bottoms as a mayor, you can see the level of disrespect that people have for black women in positions of power because, you know, for him to originally try to sue her to stop her from keeping people safe and trying to keep people alive is absolutely asinine. And you can see it across the state of Georgia um, that there is that people are not taking seriously enough this COVID-19 crisis. But I know you are. It, it, it could be fear, but I also think, I mean, it could be, you know, disrespect, but I also see fear. 
You know, when I look at, at, at Mayor Bottoms, I think people fear her because she's not afraid. She's one of us and she's from the culture and she's not afraid to take a stance and not, she may not be doing what is politically the best thing to do, that's but right. she is going to protect the people. And that that's a, she usually, in a lots of times, she stands on her own and in, in, in her, in her values and her principles. And, you know, I think that scares people that she just won't go with the status quo. And, you know, it's even in Atlanta, I mean, as you can see, you know, she, you know, there was a lot of resistance in her putting her foot down and doing yeah. what was right for people to keep, keep them safe. And, you know, we can all look at the numbers and to see where we are right now. But I, I do want to say, I know this is not a, a political platform for me to talk, but I would, you know, I wanted to end by saying oh, no, that. This is a, this oh, this is street politicians. This is street politicians. Any, this is street any politicians. kind of platform you, you want to you be, need you to say. Okay, good. <laughs> if you're looking for a husband, we talk about that. Yeah, if you need somebody <laughs> to slide in your advice, DMs, we, we get you some DMs and all Listen, that. we were talking do. earlier about black hair and the challenges, the struggle that we yes. as black women have with black hair and how people just don't get it. And I said that my girl, Falana Williams, understands black hair. I understand, and this, these political times are really hard, which is why <laughs> I'm slick back. At least I can do that. A but good hey, slick back. but At no, got edges. Guys, Falana, you have edges, yeah, and you, you have a whole slick back situation. You, you know, a lot of people don't have that. You're right. I'm blessed. I, I look. I'm blessed. I'm thankful. But I, I do want to say that you know this is much bigger than just these two Senate seats. Um, but these two Senate seats are very important. Um, they're very important, not only for Georgia, but for the country. Um, a lot is at stake. Um, our country's on the line. I think the, the trajectory of what's going to happen here is on the line. We need these two seats to tie the Senate. Um, in the case of a tie vote, um, the vice president of the United States, it's a tiebreaker. The vice president of the United States um, in January will be um, Madam Vice President Kamala Harris, and we want her to be that tiebreaker for us. But we see how serious this is because as we just discussed, um, and in, in the example of Mayor Bottoms, there are not many people who stand up for what's right. So I do expect for a lot of votes to be all Republicans going one way for their platform and for what their agenda is. And, you know, the Democrats will go the other way. So that that 50 to be tied is going to be tremendous for the next four years. So it's it's bigger than Georgia. Healthcare is on the line. Um everything. Everything. So much you can't uh, even can't even get it out. You can't. You you can't. Healthcare, jobs, police reform, all of that is really on the line in this election. So anybody watching this, if you if you live in Georgia, please vote. If you have family in Georgia, tell them to vote. Right. If you don't think your voice, your vote count, yes it does. You know, this election in Georgia was decided and it came down to 12,000 votes. So it all matters. So, you know, and then moving forward, like voting is not a once in a four year thing. Voting is something that you have to do every year. There are important elections all around the country in every city every year. We have to vote like we go to football games and classics and celebrate Thanksgiving. It has to be like something that's deeply rooted ritual. within our communities right. and our, it has to be a ritual. Right. Um, and I think that we as a community, you guys said this too, we have a lot of work to do with, you know, educating our people. Like we matter. We really, I don't care what anybody says. We really matter. We first and foremost, we got to know we matter. Right. And, and we can make the changes. We just have to know that we can 
And I, I, the last thing I would want is to see us so divided as a community and as a people that we don't show up in the numbers and have and with the strength that we show up with now. Just vote, guys. Georgia, vote. early voting vote. starts December vote, 14th. Vote, vote. Vote, vote. That's yeah. Right. Early vote, mail, mail in your ballots. You can still request a mail-in ballot. Um, January 5th is the final day to vote. That is the day of the runoff. Uh, Reverend Raphael Warnock, John Ossoff, those are very important seats. They speak for us. They represent us. Um, we need them and we need to make sure that we give uh, President-elect Joe Biden the best chance possible to, you know, follow through on everything that he's laid out, the plan that he's laid out for America. So um, that's it. All right. Falana Williams, everyone. Thank you, Falana. Keep being great, Thank Queen. Entertainment and politics. Yes, yes. Thanks for joining us. Queen. See you. Have a good one. Thank you, guys. Alana will. Alana. She did. Alana, you know, Alana. listen, man. I ain't gonna lie. This is like the year of the black woman. There's no denying the effect that black women have imprinted on this world. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm gonna give it up. You know, yeah. black men, we gotta be motivated. Because I'm motivated now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, I'm like about to motivate my kings. It. It's, listen, I told you I'm about to do the king's march. Mm-hmm. So that's the that's thing. It's, it's holding good. us accountable, pushing us, and reclaiming our throne. Yeah. No, and 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 you know, black women will help you do it. That's right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Look, and y'all gonna organize it. I'm gonna call it, and y'all gonna y'all gonna yeah. Do it that's the problem. I'm gonna call it, and y'all gonna organize it. Gonna but listen. that's all right because it's, it for, a it's, it's for a good cause. It's for a good cause, and um, you know, like you said, there are a lot of powerful black women doing a lot of great that's things right. across this nation. And so. I salute y'all cool. and support you. You know what? I should have asked for a lot. Hmm. You know, about my I don't get it. Because she was in the room as we watched the debate. She was. Between she Reverend was. Raphael Warnock mm-hmm. and Kelly Loeffler. Miss Loeffler. Miss Loeffler. And she kept referring to Warnock as radical liberal Raphael Warnock. I think she over said this over and over again. Over. So I don't get what the hell a radical liberal is. I think it's like, that's like a, um, what you call it? Uh. What is the double word? entendre? It's not a double entendre. Or, it is uh, an oxymoron. Oxymoron. Like I don't see how you can be both. Well, well, you know what? I decided. What have you decided? Tell me that I'm claiming decide. it. You, you, and it's all liberal? right with me. Because at first I was like, I know what she's trying to do. She's talking to her base, right? That's and true. she's trying to scare people, and she wants to use the defund police thing, and they and they have. Uh, they have decided that radical liberal is a buzz term and like a danger zone for Democrats and, and you know, for, for people who may be their opponents. And so I get it. And it's disingenuous. It's actually disrespectful because he is Reverend Raphael Warnock and he is the pastor of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King's church. And I don't think I heard her say that many times, but she kept on going on and on with this narrative. And you were like, I see what she's trying to do. I see what she's trying to do, but I'm just saying like the term to me is like saying you're a skinny fat person. No. So I decided to claim it Okay. because I am liberal. Mm-hmm. I am very liberal. I believe in liberal, the liberal cause. I guess I'm probably more 
progressive, whatever that means. Yeah, I think um, I'm more progressive than. But liberal is a thing. You can be liberal, someone who be- who is not conservative, right? Someone who believes in freedom and um, the, the right to choose. So we don't want to uh, stop people from choosing their right to have abortions and things like that. Like as a liberal person, you believe in a society where people have more rights and more freedoms and what have you. And guess what? I'm radical. So I'm a radical but how? liberal. That's what I, I just don't because get it. if you're a liberal, I think liberal is the step before progressive, right? It probably is. Okay, so saying that you're radical progressive makes more sense, but just if there's a stage after liberal, then why would you use radical liberal and not just the term progressive? Well, I'm it a, doesn't really then make I'm a, sense. Then I'm a radical progressive. Liberal. That makes more sense. Because, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a radical stage, yeah, progressive liberal. I don't. Yeah, I don't. There you go. Nah. Here's what I'm saying. I'm saying that I get what she was doing. I get what and she I was know doing, the game but I'm just trying to say it don't really sense. But guess what? I claim it because I am liberal. Um, I'm not liberal. I'm progressive. I'm progressive too, but I, I claim all of it. Because mm. anything that allows me to choose what to do with my body, anything that gives me as a woman the right to vote, the right to work, um, those things any radical? of those things. Well, that's what I'm saying. I want all those things, and I want to defund the police. So I'm radical, but defund and I'm liberal. The, see, the thing is that I don't think I, it's radical. not even that radical. None that's, of these don't things even are, get us started to today to on how defund the defunding the police is, so is not that radical. Abolish the police, radical. That's radical because we're getting rid of a whole institution that's put in place to address a problem that we know happens in the world. So I get that. I think you know there's a process that where you have to. Really get that in somebody. But when you say defund, it means D, take away funds. Some D, of the funds. Take away funds. Take away some of the funds. And then you reallocate it to communities and to situations and to organizations and to positions that are directly impacting our communities right now. That makes sense. And if, if you co- so caught up in a term that you don't care about what it means, then that means you're not really here to be. On the side. A radical liberal? Exactly. <laughs> a radical, radical liberal. Well, know. listen, Raphael Warnock says that he's not trying to defund police. Um, yeah, it's really so agree. sad to watch the Democrats because they have try to their best to capitulate to these people who are not with and us. And this is why we need something and different. Say things. And, I, and I'm going to keep saying that. Look, yeah, we do. At this, at this point, right, We it's not like people say the less of the best, the two evils. It's not that. It's the best option that we have when one of those option, options actually have to be in place anyway. Right. So we have to pick the best option. And, and although we know that we're not going to get all the things we need from the best option, we are aware that we can get some of the things we need from the best option. But as we vote for the best option, we, we have, have to, to be on working on putting own. a whole nother structure in place that completely represents the needs of our people. Well, I don't think anything is going to completely because once... Negroes get involved with it and all of us with our own ideas and ideologies and whatever um, take over, right? There's going to be a lot of compromise. That's what happens in any situation. But the fundamental values and the moral fiber, fiber, the moral fiber, look, wordsmithing, this is one of our things is trying to say the right words. that is what I believe. That's the thing I want is that the foundation be something that I know is for our best interests. And then we get to work on 
outside of that, well, you know, this can't be the agenda this year. So we're going to work on these two things. And then next year we'll get to something else. I think people want that type of intersectionality, but for the black community. And it is our time, I think, to do that. So you know what? I'm a radical, progressive, liberal, whatever the hell y'all want to call me. And I'll say it again, and I'm going to say it again and again and again. Y'all can call defunding the police, pin the tail on the donkey. You can call it bless mama's cows. I don't care. What I care about, though, is go get that money and give it to mental health services, educational services, housing, food. That's what we need. That's what we need, man. So call it what you want, like she said. Just get it done. Right. Just get it done. But still, I don't get radical liberal. Call me a radical progressive. Call me radical. Just call me radical. Yeah, I like radical. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) That works for me. We agreed about something. Oh, that's good. We agree. You don't, men don't do like this. Like this wasn't it. No, like, like no high five. You got to do like this. Like, yeah, you see? Some men. There's some men still do. To each his own. It's just not, it's not my thing. I'm not the. Pad yeah. cake type? Yeah, that's not my thing. Okay. I mean, nothing against the people <laughs> who's they think. It's not my Before we go to the next segment and have our special guest join, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors. The final season of Power Book 2 Ghost is here, and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Meffin Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that could become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year? Their year. These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. That's how we are. 
So, you know, a lot of people get a lot of credit for doing great work in Georgia, and they all deserve it. Obviously, Stacey Abrams, incredible organizer. Um, she took a loss and turned it into power um, on the ground for the presidential election, being involved in helping to ensure that people register to vote. We're talking mm -hmm. about hundreds of thousands of people uh, that she, um, you know, used her resources to get to the polls. And so that's incredible, but you know how we love to talk about the folks who work on the ground, who that's literally focus on people who are in communities that most folks won't touch, places people won't go. And one person that I know has been doing that for a very, very long time, and especially in this election, and as far as I'm concerned, she doesn't get enough credit and enough acknowledgement for the, the apparatus, the, the operation that is on the ground in Georgia, right. where many people believe in, love, and follow, because I follow her as one of my leaders, and that is Miss Helen Butler of yes, the Georgia Coalition for the People's yes, Agenda. How you doing today, Ms. Well, hello there, Tamika. Glad to see you all. Glad to be with you. So, Miss <laughs> Helen, what's okay. going to happen? What's going to happen? Where are we? Well, as you know, Tamika, we're out in the streets because you've been there with us. Right. Uh, we've been in Georgia across the state, not just in Metro Atlanta. We're in Athens, Albany, Savannah, Augusta, Macon, LaGrange. Uh, we're everywhere. We're down in Clay County, places that people have never heard of, Randolph County. Uh, we're getting across the state to really get people back engaged because, as our theme says, let's do it again. Mm, We've got to right. do it again for the January 5th election, uh, two critical Senate seats. But we also have a statewide public service commission mm. means so much to the communities that we serve, the black community. Uh, because we are so severely impacted uh, by a lot of things that happen in the community, and we've got to turn out at record numbers. Yeah. yeah. So what are you hearing from uh, folks on the ground? Do you feel like they know what they have to do, or is it a, a whole process? Because I know you were with us, um, and, or we were with you, when we were trying to get folks to go to the polls for the presidential election. And it's a lot of work. It's hard, especially when talking to black men. It is really, really difficult. So what are you experiencing now? Are people getting the importance of these local seats? Well, some are getting it and some are realizing that they have election fatigue. Mm -hmm. uh, we have really been talking about elections since March and we're now in December. And really to think about elections during this season when usually people are thinking about family, enjoying family, doing things with the children, uh, taking a vacation, what have you. But this time it's different. COVID is still here. People are struggling, as you know. Uh, people are worried about my rent. Am I gonna be evicted? Uh, will I be able to still find a job next year? What kind of health care am I having? Uh, so while they are concerned about those issues, we're out in the street telling them, yeah, that's why it's important that you right. go vote uh, January 5th, because all of those issues that are impacting your life right now means that some elected official can give you relief and really return your money. A lot of people think that Donald Trump signed the checks for the stimulus. 
but it's their taxpayer dollars mm -hmm. that are coming back to them. They have to understand that. They have to understand that elected officials are making these policies and that either help them or hurt them. The energy that you have is like a young person, you know, <laughs> and you're on the front, you on the front lines in the streets and you've been doing it for over 15 years. What keeps you motivated to do this work? Well, what I'm motivated by is young people like you all, mm -hmm. people that are really the future, the present and the future, because right now you all exhibit the desire to help the community to be there to make a difference. And I just get energy from you all. I got to keep up my energy to keep up with you. I can't be sitting down. And the other thing that really gives me energy and hope is because I worked with Dr. Lowry. He mm. was 93 That's when he right. died this year. And he was still engaged at 93. I mean, he wasn't out openly in the public as much, but we have meetings every Tuesday from 12 to 2. He'd give us strategies to talk about things we should be doing. He'd say, yeah, that's a great way to do it. You know, it that, you know, with him still being engaged at that age, I want to still be as engaged as he was. People that have given their lives, their whole lives, uh, to making life better for us, then the least I can do is carry on that legacy. And that's what gives me energy to carry on. We really do appreciate your work. And, you know, I, I see you out there talking about the issues that matter and people respect that. You understand the issues around police accountability. I've, you know, heard you talking about education, which is obviously one of the key concerns mm -hmm. for you in economic development. And so you're the type of organizer that I think we all need to follow and be and walk in your footsteps. So thank you so much for being on with us today, my son. You may want to say something because I've talked, you know, the whole time. <laughs> oh, man, but I know, love Miss Butler. So I love Miss Butler too, man. <laughs> you know, her like her energy is radiant. When we went and we were canvassing with her, she is a bunch of young people and she had the most energy out there. Yeah. You know, she was true. organizing everybody and smiling and taking the pictures and getting everybody just organized. And, you know, her energy is contagious, man. When I look at your resume, see how you made the transition from corporate to the movement. Like, what is, I just want to know, like, what inspired that move? Well, my brother was the state conference president of the NAAC for 12 mm. years before he died. Mm. And so I first joined that after I retired from corporate America to really just uh, work with him on the voter fund project, uh, the NAACP voter fund project. And so I had always been, you know, with him, but, you know, I'd help him with his speeches, but then he got me in to this situation uh, doing civic engagement work. And I met Dr. Lowry, Reverend James Orange, if no one ever knew him, one of the top lieutenants for Dr. King. They brought me over to work with them and I've been here ever since. Uh, but it was a natural transition working with people. Uh, in corporate America, I was a VP of human resources. So I had to deal with different mm -hmm. kinds of people and here, it is the same thing dealing with people. Well, we, we want to say thank you and thank your brother for bringing you to this space mm -hmm. so that we've been blessed enough to get your energy and get your expertise and get what you bring to this world. So once again, us as street politicians, we want to thank you for being here with us today. Thank well, you, Ms. Thank Butler. you all. And come back to Georgia. We'll see you in Georgia in just a few and days. She's dope. You, but but she's dope. She's just dope. Her energy.
When yeah, we she- was in Atlanta, you know, the way that she just interacted, which is dope. And then you listen to her and then you just see the work that she's put in over the years. Yeah, no, she's a real organizer, one that a lot of people can learn from, as I said. And it's the same thing with me. You know, a lot of people, um, because I, I have a platform and I'm known in some spaces, they will try to give me credit for work that I didn't do. And I'm always saying, no, that's actually, it was not me who, you know, whatever the issue may be. And the same thing with Miss Helen, there are people who take a lot of credit and take up a lot of space, but a woman like Miss Helen and Latasha Brown and others, again, Stacey Abrams, these are some of the individuals who are really getting things done and people need to acknowledge their Mary presence. Pat. Mary Pat, you know, absolutely. Young, uh, you know, uh, huh. People need to acknowledge their presence. So we just have to make sure that we use our platform to put forth so we those for. That's who actually she, do the work. She politicians is for the little guy, for the person who doesn't get the real, you know, the celebration, you know, the accolades that they actually deserve. And we want to utilize our platform because we've been those people, you know. We are we, still those we people. still those Some people. Days. But, you know, it's, it, they we, have the, no, we shade, have no shade. No we shade. We have our moments. But we here. Yeah, so I still don't agree about the allyship. You decided to bring that back up now. Yeah, you know, because we're coming to the end of our show and we talk about the things that we don't agree on. <laughs> you <laughs> are laughing. And this happens to be one of those things. It's millions of things. Because you're wrong. But, you know, that's okay. Listen, we're not going to always agree, as you see. I'm not going to always be right, but I usually am right. And she might not always be wrong, but she's usually wrong. <laughs> yeah, right. But we will always be authentic. Absolutely, absolutely. Thanks for joining Street Politicians. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. Sure. You did. You messed up something. Yeah, I didn't mess up you anything. Did. You did. How? That's how we own it. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR. 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. 